on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and on today's episode, I have in booze owner Ashley Evans joining me today. Ashley is a cocktail connoisseur that is doing it real big. She is not only a black business owner, but she is a woman and she is making waves in the alcohol spirits uh, realm, universe, whatever you want to call it. She's been doing it for a while. She's been featured in Oprah Magazine, Health Magazine, and countless other uh, publications. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Ashley. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. So, okay. Tell me a little bit about your background and where you're from. Okay. So I am from Michigan. I'm right now I'm in Grand Rapids. So it's like on the West side and um, we've been here for about 10 years. We lived in Wisconsin for a little bit too. So um, I've always been in the Midwest and um, I was a food blogger for 10 years. So that's kind of where the whole cocktail kind of thing started. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I have four kids, and um, I'm just a little crazy, I guess, with starting a business. Like, I don't know, but it's good. It's good for my kids to see this, too. Yeah, so what were some things that you highlighted in your food blogging business? Was it, like, fine dining, or what what type of food were you uh, showcasing? Was it things that you created personally, or were there restaurants that you would go to and you would showcase the food there? Um, No, I did all the recipes. So it was mostly, um, it started off with more family-friendly food and then um, pretty much everything for like at least four people kind of thing. Like so, But I always have the kind of a budget mindset too. So it's things that you could easily find at the store. Uh, And then I just started doing something on Snapchat. Um, I think it was like in 2015, it was called like Saturday Sips. And that's really where the cocktail started. So then I'd give people a recipe list for the in the morning. And then at nine o'clock at night, we make cocktails together. So it's kind of fun. Um, and that's kind of where I just started doing more um, cocktails and just more alcohol on the actual blog. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of just wanted to switch it up a little bit. I was just kind of sick of writing. And uh, hmm. I don't know, I just wanted something different, you know? And so, and I feel like right now, from when I started to now, blogging is so different. And so I just kind of wanted to, Hey, maybe I can just start another business or do something. So just wanted, I just was going to take a little leap of faith and see if it works. And it did, I guess. <laughs> yeah, honey, you've been featured in Oprah yeah. magazine. Oh yeah. It's definitely taking oh my off. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what yeah. was that experience like? What was the, did you get a call? Did she email you? How did you, how did she reach out to you? There was absolutely no communication. So like oh. all of a sudden just everything went crazy. And I was like, why is my website so busy? And it was in November. So I'm like, okay, you know, local holidays, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then it took me like a day to figure out exactly where it was coming from. And so it was just one of those things I was like, what? It was on her stocking stuffer list. So it oh. is, it's a perfect gift. So it was like one of those things that um, I guess just everybody saw it. Suddenly. I don't know how I missed it, but mm-hmm. I was hoping that I would have like some sort of communication because I mean, yeah. But especially being from the Midwest, like I always growing up, I was started off kind of like in a journalism background. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to be an intern for Oprah. You know, that's just what was my, my goal. And mm-hmm. um, I actually went to see her show once, but oh my gosh, just to have a conversation with her, I, I can't even imagine. So hopefully <laughs> the goal is one of these days. And I love that. Oh yeah, definitely. To have that, yeah, to have that like little blessing from Oprah though, like just mm-hmm. that's something that was really important for me. And it's, it, it's been kind of a crazy journey since then for sure. 
Yeah, a little razzle dazzle sprinkled over there. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man. So okay, yeah. you said that the the food blogging industry is just very kind of like repetitive. So like, what about the food industry? Food blogging industry made you want to transition into alcohol exactly? Um, I just feel like there's just so many. When I started, it wasn't as populated as it is now and now mm-hmm. with, especially with influencers coming up too it's just like there's some people that are like oh yeah I'm an expert at this and I'm like are you and really <laughs> you know, it's true. Like, okay yeah <laughs> and then it's- just in the food blogging world there's really not that many like people of color at all mm-hmm. and so it was like all these people are like oh this is my grandma's southern recipe I'm like uh you live in Utah there's no way you know it's like mm-hmm. one of those things it's like mm. and it's just really hard to get credibility um there's some great food bloggers that are black but it's just very hard to come by and I'm mm-hmm. kind of sick of just having the hospital and like having all these other you know like white girls come up and like do better than me just starting you know it was just one of those things it was just very frustrating um to kind of get my voice heard and so um yeah, I don't know I just like let's switch it up a little bit yeah and so why do you think that is that there's not a lot of diversity in the food blogging industry when it comes to people of color because I know there's a lot of people of color that do um vegan food blogging like we have Tabitha Brown and a few other people so why do you personally think that that is um I absolutely think that it has to do with the brand so Mm -hmm. I mean a big part of food blogging is advertising and sponsored posts Mm -hmm. and a lot of times when they're looking for people, they'll kind of say, hey, um, this is what we're looking for. And they won't be so specific, but they'll say like, oh, you know, we want a mother and they, they want this like cookie cutter look. And mm. not all of us have that, you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just, I think it really has to do with not having the diversity background in, in actual companies like Kraft and all those larger ones that are really paying for all these sponsored posts that a lot of the bloggers do have. Um, and so we really need people advocating like for the networks and stuff like that, but put out. So basically if, if you want to have a sponsored post on a blog, you have to have, you, I mean, you can reach out to the brand itself, but a lot of times it's a network that will say, Hey, we need a hundred people to write about say it's like craft dressing, just something around like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then the hundred people apply, but then the brand is the one that picks it. So they're able to mm-hmm. look at the blog, see what people look like. You know what I mean? I feel like there mm-hmm. needs to be a little bit more of a background in mm-hmm. the actual on the blogging network um, mm-hmm. that has somebody kind of vouching for us. Yeah. And and they, like you say, they want a certain type of look or there's a certain yeah. criteria that you have to fit in order to be able to be sponsored by them or actually be featured by a lot of these companies too, which I think is yeah. sad. And, you know, in this world where we're so diverse, it's crazy to me how even when it comes to the workforce or even blogging or even when it comes to being an influencer for different types of brands, how it's ultimately you see a certain type of person. Like I know on Instagram, you know, they have the the Fashion Nova models and they all look a certain type of way. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They sure. have a certain aesthetic that they have to appeal. And most of these like online boutiques is the same thing. A lot of the online boutiques look like they're all the same. It's like, where are you getting these models yeah. from? Are you like manufacturing them or something like that? You have a big factory full I know. of like models. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel that way. I'm like, wait, I saw her in another website. Yeah. yeah. I, I swear they're all the same models. And it's just, it's very frustrating 
I do think that there's like more of a body positivity trend going on, which definitely was not happening when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. there are some more curves, but I still mm-hmm. don't think, see a lot of people of color, which is always frustrating for me. Yes. Um, yes. I'm like, that's not going to fit me like that fits her. You know, it's just exactly. one of those Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing is it's like, okay, the aesthetic of a lot of these uh, models, such as like models on Fashion Nova, I use them as an example because they're plastered literally everywhere. And I do buy Fashion Nova clothes because some of them do look good on me. But yeah, um, like you said, a lot of times the way that they look on the model is not really the reality. And a lot of times the way that their their physique is, is of a person of color, you know, But then you see like a girl who may be Hispanic or white having these sort of curves, but then they won't put a woman of color that has a natural body on their ads, you know? Yeah, and exactly. Do, yeah. And yeah. And then, you know, if they do, a lot of times they've had like a BBL or something. So yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And actually with the whole thing, like in the food world, like when, so Tabitha, I don't know if you heard, um, she has like this new spice line that just yeah. came out with McCormick mm-hmm. and I, you know, everybody was buying it up. They're like kind of saying like, oh, it's a little expensive. And in my mind, I was just thinking, I hope she's getting paid for this. You know, mm-hmm. what she should be paid. Because look at her following and look at what mm-hmm. she's created. And I'm Absolutely. like, why didn't she just make her own spices? You know, I really want to reach mm-hmm. out to her and be like, girl, I can help you. Like, it's, you <laughs> know, you even the Cormac's name, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I hope that she's getting what she deserves from that because that scares me sometimes when they're like oh this is a perfect moment to jump on this bandwagon and Mm -hmm. I I really hope so I mean you never know she could be doing great from it you know I'm sure she is but I just have I I always have that in the back of my mind like oh you know what's happening yeah. yeah. And that's a good point that you made, um, especially with the whole Black Lives Matter movement right now yeah. I, during the pandemic, which, you know, I'm I've always been for supporting black owned businesses because I am a black woman and I'm a woman of color. But it's almost kind of like people are just bandwagoning and no one. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of these companies, too. So, I mean, I don't think a Tabitha's Brown situation that McCormick was getting behind Tabitha because of the fact that she's just black. I mean, I think that that's probably heightened it a little bit. I think that these McCormick has recognized her a little bit more. But we because we also do know that Tabitha does have a large, very diverse following of people from all different ethnicities that follow her. But at the same time, it speaks volumes to the other, you know, black creators out there and food bloggers and influencers and stuff like that. And like during the pandemic, you had a lot of people saying, oh, I support black businesses, but they don't really care about the black cause. They weren't really on the front of the lines out there protesting with everybody. You know, they were just posting little snapshots at the protest for like two seconds. And then they was back in their little Bentleys or Mercedes Benzes or Audis. Nothing about the cause. (laughs) Yeah. And I can even just say like, I guess this month now is um, what is it? Black shopping month or something like that. I don't know. Or something where it just kicked off for August. And I'm like, okay, so all these companies are these, I see, and still in some blogging groups, like, oh, I want to um, showcase some Black-owned businesses. I'm like, okay, so, but what are you doing? So you're mm-hmm. going to put, get on this bandwagon for the views and stuff like that, but what are you doing to help the whole class? Mm-hmm. Which is always a thing. Or I always like to say, like, I'm not like just your checkbox. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that you're supporting my store, but I'm not just like a checkbox off your list. You say, oh, you know, I do support Black-owned businesses, you know, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things. It's kind of a fine line where I appreciate the business, mm-hmm. but then also it's like, okay, um, it depends on their intentions at the same time. 
Yeah. And, you know, another thing was I re- I noticed during the whole Black Lives Matter movement was a lot of these companies were like, support the Black Lives Matter cause, uh, shop with us and get like 50 percent off or 75 percent off. So it was like you're saying support businesses and you support Black Lives Matter, but then you're handing out all these discount codes. Like, why yeah. not? If you support black businesses, why not pay full price? Exactly. And that's the one thing about like the coupon codes and stuff. I'm like, I love to have a sale and stuff like that, but also it's kind of like, if you want to support me, just please support me no matter what, you know, exactly. I shouldn't have to give you some sort of incentive for it. Exactly. Absolutely. So I know when we're talking about being a black owned, being you being a black owner. So being a black business owner and a woman in a male dominated industry, I know the alcohol industry is predominantly filled with a lot of um, males. Do you feel like you have to work a little harder to prove yourself being not only black, but a female in this type of industry? And what are some of the challenges that you face so far? Oh, for sure. Um, I feel it all the time, especially, I don't know, it's the people are, will just kind of expect, like, I'm a huge corporation, you know, like, they just kind of think, like, it's, oh, you know, your husband's probably helping you with this, or, you know, this kind of thing. I'm like, no, I run this business. I, I do everything. Um, I wear all hats. And it's kind of one of the things where I don't get the credit sometimes when people will say, like, oh, I'd love to have a meeting with you and your husband. I'm like, why do you need a meeting with both of us? Mm-hmm. I'm here doing everything. You know, it's just one of those things that gets kind of frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, oh, well, she, she'll probably like, oh, it's just like a little thing. Like it won't go far. Or when I was trying to get funding ahead of time, people just like, oh, you know, like, I guess it's kind of a good idea, but I don't see it going anywhere. Maybe mm-hmm. you should try to do this or that. And I'm like, why are you saying that to me? But you wouldn't say that to um, uh, even a black male. You wouldn't say that, you know, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. It's just like, why is my idea kind of stupid? But mm-hmm. then... Uh, and so locally here in Grand Rapids, I've tried for a lot of different um, grants and all that stuff, but I just, the, the sport hasn't really been here just because people just kind of brushed me off like, oh, whatever. She's just doing this little, you know, um, and actually, I don't think people realize how big of a company it's getting to be at this point because I'm just like, well, I don't, I'm not going to play all those games. I'm not going to go to these networking events with mm-hmm. people that just keep telling me like, oh, well, whatever, like maybe you should try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the point of wasting my time? Exactly. Especially yeah. if you don't believe in me and, you know, you being a yeah. female and a woman of color doesn't define your define your abilities to actually become successful and yeah. be able to prove that you can do it and you can be someone that makes a lot of money off of your company. So there's always a sense of like when you're a woman, of, when you're a person of color, especially a female, there's, a, you know, they underestimate you. Oh, you for know? sure. Yeah. And, and that's yeah, kind of. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, I just kind of feel like, so now if people were to start supporting me now after they hear about the Oprah thing, it's like, well, where were you a year ago? Or Mm -hmm. when you told me this wasn't going to work, now you're going to, oh, that was a good idea. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't want that at all. Kind of, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I totally understand. And, you know, it's almost kind of like that thing with Mike Jones. Back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all owe me. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Uh, like, I don't need your greasy money anymore. I'm already doing big yay. things. I'm already featured yeah, in Oprah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. okay. 
why do you feel in the spirits and cocktail making industry there isn't a lot of black representation like i remember the whole situation with jack daniels the the brand of whiskey and that whole that being revealed that the actual person behind the success of jack daniels was actually the slave and the person yeah. that gave jack the idea was his slave and he never got compensated and even after finding that out the family still never got any money for their contribution to the Jack Daniels brand at all. So why do you feel like there's not a lot of uh, black representation within this industry? I I wish I knew. I've been trying to kind of figure it out because there are some, it's just, I found some really, really great companies. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I not know about you? I mean, everybody knows about my side sisters and their wine, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want there to be like more of a showcase of all. There's so many different great whiskeys and tequilas that you would like you really have to dig to find. So I think it's just maybe not having, I mean, there is kind of always a disconnect too with funding mm-hmm. and like maybe not having the, you know, the spotlight that they can afford. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. expensive to get in front of people. And if you have to, you're at their place in the right time, it's good. But if you don't have funding to back, to back you up, then you're just really going to kind of, I don't hustle a little harder, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I think that could be part of it. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish I knew. And I wish there was more like somebody with a higher platform mm-hmm. that would just be like, Hey, these are these, like, just, I want somebody to just kind of have almost at one or a place where you can say, Hey, here's all the great black owned businesses that make whiskey, you know, that support them. Here's where you can buy it. I wish there's like kind of a little bit more of a, a place where you could see it without having to do so much digging, you know? Exactly. A little bit more marketing towards yeah. um, the black makers of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go? Okay, so I know you just spoke about the fact that it was a lot of times it's hard for you to get it was hard for you to get funding for your company and booze because a lot of people underestimated your abilities or felt like the company wasn't worth investing in. So what were the ways in which you were able to um, garner income in order to fund your company and booze? It's so actually a bit of a struggle. So I luckily have had a great last year so and I'm very frugal so I've saved everything mm-hmm. but I have yet to get any grants or funding whatsoever and so right now I'm completely self-funded um oh. and I I love it because I, I don't have any debt to anybody everyone's like well you should go on Shark Tank I'm like no I don't want to give away part of my company if I can do it right now fine you know um I just have to make a lot of decisions though like okay what's more important Right mm-hmm. now, since word of mouth has kind of been crazy, like I don't really have to do much advertising because it's just kind of something that's spread naturally somehow, which mm-hmm. I I love. But mm-hmm. I am sure at some point I'm going to have to find some money for advertising. Mm-hmm. But until I can get extra funding, it's kind of those things. Um, it's just really hard to come by. And I'm kind of in a weird area because I'm not a food, really. I'm not um, like something that is... A lot of times when you're applying for grants, they'll say like, oh, what are you doing to change the world? I think. And I'm like, well, I'm not really changing the world, but <laughs> I do deserve funding too. Because I, yeah. I, mean, I had a, I had built my own commercial space and I found like a, I have a storefront now and I just happened to come upon it at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where it's like, everything has come out of my pocket. And I'm like, okay, like I, I'm so happy that I was able to do this. Mm-hmm. But what if I wasn't able to, then what I probably would not be in business anymore. So it just happened to be it. I found the right things at the right time and I just have decisions to make all the time though like okay where is this money going to be going because it's you know mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of complicated and I know that a lot of people have found grant money and 
I'm, it just really depends on what your, your niche is, I guess. But I would say I, I applied for over 75 things last year. Wow. I was like, okay, maybe this one will work. Maybe this one will do it. And it's just nothing has come through so far, which is insane to me. well I definitely hope something comes through for you a blessing will come through sometime soon but you know I I love the concept of your company and I love what you're doing and you are changing the world honey you're changing the world one drink at a time making people feel good yeah Yeah, and making people you know they can have especially now that people can like kind of you know have people over more so than before you know mm-hmm. we're still being pretty careful over here but you know like you can have a nice little you have your friends over for a margarita right and yeah. you you know it's, it's doing something you know yeah absolutely and so it, it and also when it comes to marketing too in the world that we live in with social media being so instrumental in a lot of people's successes also it's great that you can go to an influencer you can literally just shoot them a email or slide in their DM and be like, Hey, I have this great company. This is what I've done. Would you like to sponsor it? Or would you like to be a, 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 would you like to be a sponsor for the brand? And, you know, also being able to do paid ads on um, Instagram or Facebook and a couple of other places I've seen, even from my own podcast has been a really good way to get some recognition too, you know, and I even see celebrities just sponsoring their own selves. Like I see Cardi B always sponsoring herself. Yeah. And it's like yeah. everybody knows who she is, but you know, yeah, shows you how um, instrumental social media is and how it's definitely used as a really good marketing tool for a lot of people. Yeah, that is something that I'm starting to do a little bit more research on because I would love to kind of. I'm on Instagram. I do a lot of videos and everything, but I haven't really done anything sponsored yet. So I'm still kind of playing around with different sponsorships like that mm-hmm. um, with influencers. Mm-hmm. But it is just kind of nice that I can just have somebody, yeah, just, or people can reach out to me and say like, hey, I love your product. Can I just do a, you know, a reel or something? I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. You know, yeah. having those conversations just in real time, it's really nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, for some reason, though, I can't add my products to shop on Instagram and Facebook because they are alcohol related. Which, oh. but, so the so the sponsored ads are kind of hard, and which I keep going back and forth with them. So I'm like, I'm not selling alcohol. It's just true, and you know, veggies and herbs and stuff. So it's not like it's something that is against their guidelines. But but mm-hmm. then I see all these other companies that are you know, like wine companies that are advertising. So I'm so confused mm-hmm. as to why I can't do it. So that's something I'm trying to find an expert to, to help help me with it for sure. Yeah. So would it be like you trying to find like a marketing company or something like that to help you with that or? Yeah, well, I have somebody that does my social media right now. So mm-hmm. that's been helpful. But yeah, somebody else that maybe would know, you know, so what Facebook and because of the same company, but what they're saying is, since I have a cocktail name in the title, like Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. sorry, like Bloody Mary, um, then that can't be advertised because it's oh. a cocktail. It's, it's just so weird. So if I named yeah. it something completely not, with, say the berry lemon or lemonade, we can advertise that one because it doesn't have a cocktail name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. So, um, yeah. So I would love, yes, even to somebody that knows more about the Facebook and Instagram world, just like, okay, this is what you have to do. Just, mm-hmm. there, there's so many different answers online where you can go into deep dive for like hours trying to find more information. And nobody really knows a lot of answers because I feel like they change things so often that you they really do. can't keep up. 
They do. They have all these crazy guidelines going on right now. It's like you have people that spew hate on Instagram and Facebook and they'll allow their pages to be up. But then you have people that are telling truths in regards to maybe even COVID-19 or maybe in regards to religion or whatever is going on in the world. And they're so quick to take their pages down. So it's just like you never know when you're going to be in the violation, you know, code of Instagram, because I have even gotten like certain pictures that I put up of like, you know, a picture of my face. And it's like, you're, you know, intruding the guidelines. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's just a picture right. of my face. Yeah. It makes, it's so frustrating too. And like, I've heard TikTok a lot does that too. Like, yeah, they'll take down certain people's swimsuit photos, but not everybody else's, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and you just never know what they're thinking sometimes. And the biggest thing, too, is a lot of times it's not an actual person that's behind a lot of these companies anymore that's um, making these or that's um, actually looking at all of these guidelines. It's like you have a robot behind it, you know, so it's just like you never know, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And like, what are they training the robot to look for? Exactly. Also, You're always kind of wondering, you hope it's for the best, but you never know. Exactly. So I know. So you established in Boost, you're in Boost Kids Cocktails in 2018, and you said you wanted to make it easier and healthier way for others to enjoy making drinks at home. And I know you use a lot of fruit, spices and herbs in your mixes. So what was the moment that you realized you wanted to create in Boost and why did you want to make it a health? Why did you want to make your brand a more of a healthier cocktail brand? Uh, Yeah, so. So I was doing the Saturday Sips on Snapchat and, and then I kind of started watching more people doing um, different cocktail videos. And I know they're always just using like some of the red syrups or like crystal light or something like that. And I'm like, look at what's in those. And like, mm. and I was kind of trying to figure out like, okay, what else could I do? Um, I was looking at maybe making like a liquid mixer or something. Um, and I love margarita. So I'm like, okay, how can I make a margarita good that doesn't have like all the like lime green mixer stuff and all this sugar. And mm-hmm. so then my husband was like, well, you always infuse your alcohol with just real fruit. Why wouldn't you kind of think about that? And I was like, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. And mm-hmm. so then I started dehydrating everything. And then I just was like, I spent the whole spring of 2018 just dehydrating everything I could find. I'm like, oh, let's try this combination. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up working. And I was like, oh, okay. And this is just fruit. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them do have a sugar cube that I've made. Um, but everything has less than five grams of sugar for the whole infusion. Oh, which you get eight to 10 cocktails for infusion. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a it's pretty low amount of sugar, even if there is some in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just all the flavors have just, just the fruit itself adds, adds so much flavor. Once it rehydrates into your alcohol, it just adds, gives it the beautiful colors and it's just, it's so much lighter and fresher. So just happened to work out somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was just kind of playing around. And even now, we started with three flavors in 2018 and now we're up to 23. So we've wow. been kind of adding pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, but then so 2018 and 2019 I was pretty much just doing local markets around here um, I didn't really do much online I had an Etsy shop open um, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't as busy online as I am now it was just mostly just I go to like little fair shows or um, just like Christmas markets and things like that mm-hmm. and then um, in March of 2020 I had one show at the very beginning of March and it was in Chicago and you kind of the rumblings were starting then we're like, okay, something's happening. You know, like I kind of 
knew something was happening, but we really didn't know what COVID was that much at the point. Like we kind of heard some things, mm-hmm. um, but then I had that first show. And then once I got home, it was a Sunday. That Monday is pretty much all my stuff started being canceled. So uh-huh. I went from having like maybe a show or two every week to nothing. Mm-hmm. And wow. so that's when I was like, okay, what are we going to do now? And I was just thinking, you know, like, okay, so I guess this is it. You know, I, we, we did what we could do. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it was in April, somebody reached out from the corporation, like, hey, we're doing a single the mile virtual event. I was mm-hmm. like, what's a virtual event? You know, because that was not really a thing, you know, for a minute. Yeah. And so they they wanted to send margaritas to other employees. I was like, oh, okay. I guess they could kind of roll with us. Mm-hmm. And so then I just added all these tags on all my my website and Etsy for virtual events and corporate events. And I switched up how I was kind of marketing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and still I'm not even paying for advertising, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Um, and it just kind of snowballed. Um, the person that does all the Etsy um, trend reports, she found it just naturally. She just ordered it. Mm-hmm. She shared on um, Instagram, I think it was, and it that, that's when the website just went crazy. And wow. so then I said, okay, wow, okay, so this is something. But still, we're in, we're locked down. At that point, I didn't have my own kitchen, so I was luckily renting out from someone else who just had one other person working there, mm-hmm. so we could make our schedules work, so we could safely go there. Um, but there would be times when, like, well, I can't find oranges or margaritas right now, or I mm-hmm. can't find limes, or just forcing things, which is insane. I was out of boxes for a while, my packaging went away. Mm-hmm. And so just that whole, whole rest of 2020 was just kind of like, okay, now what are we going to be out of? And then the whole shipping thing went crazy where mm-hmm. my packages that used to take two days were taking like three or four weeks. And, um, but it was just kind of crazy how things were like, okay, I thought it was just everything was going to be done. And I'm just went crazy, which I, I'm so appreciative for, but also like, wow, like I, I still don't really know how I got through the holiday season last year. Cause it was just <laughs> insane. After the Oprah thing. And, um, it just was one of those things where okay, I was here um for probably like eighteen or nineteen hours a day. I'd go home and sleep wow. for a second and then come back and do it all over again for about three weeks. Oh so my I god. Felt, yeah, I felt so bad because you know, I have four kids and it's the holidays mm. and like we missed so much. But again, what was I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you make all of that work with the stress of dealing with the shipping and being out of stock of of a lot of the ingredients? Because, you know, um, for a lot of people, like a lot of things that are made in the U.S. uh, or a lot of the things that the U.S. gets in, excuse me, is actually made out of the U.S. Like a lot of our products are made in China or Indonesia or India. and we're not realizing at the time, like, okay, we don't have masks because everything is being produced over there. So how did you deal with that type of situation? Yeah, it was one of those things where I just, every day, I feel like there'd be something random that I couldn't find. Okay, so we'll deal with this today. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow, hopefully that'll be okay. And then whatever else comes. So I just kind of take it day by day. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I, of course I'd be super stressed out. Um, But then I just have to say, okay, we're out of sex on this one for a while. Um, mm-hmm. During the holiday season, I actually had to close down my store for three weeks just so I could catch up on the previous month. Mm-hmm. And so usually I ship things out pretty quickly. And I was up at like a four week shipping time at that time. Mm-hmm. And then every Sunday <clears throat> I would restock whatever I could. But I sometimes I'm like, oh, what well, we don't have, we can't find this right now. So we can't restock this flavor. And a lot of people were understanding. And obviously the people that weren't, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just had to kind of sign source things like, I actually found a lot of um, U.S. companies this way, though. Also, I was able to find my packaging from oh, a, US, awesome. a U.S. company and then um, my bubble mailers 
so it was kind of fun to kind of find other companies that I might not have known about otherwise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I was so quick to go to Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I found some great companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily I found this, this space that I'm in now um, just at the right time. So I could build a kitchen right before the holiday season and kind of have a larger space that I could go to whenever I needed to. So I didn't have to wait to kind of have time at the other kitchen. And um, there is a storefront here. We're, we haven't done much with it yet, but so we'll get there someday where we'll have like dipping stations and stuff like that. But right now it's just, still kind of playing catch up from last year for sure and it's july or august now so it's crazy oh my gosh so how long did it take you to catch up with shipping after the holidays oh Oh my gosh um so everything went crazy in november and that's when i started doing the four week shipping time Mm -hmm. i think i we finally we had a huge bottle of champagne we're like okay when we (laughs) took this last order i hope it was dumb (laughs) oh i wish Uh, yeah i should have um oh my gosh why didn't I think of that oh my gosh. right <laughs> a uh, first dollar something to celebrate yes that. it <laughs> could have been something it was not oh I could have um I think it was like mid it was like January 11th or something so we were still catching up on the holidays past the holidays for sure so from oh. November to January it was I think at one point I had like 3,000 orders and I was oh. like I don't know what to do it <laughs> <laughs> everything is handmade and everything so we'd make everything we could oh we'd my god it all out, and then we'd have like these big trash cans with the stuff going out every day and wow. that was insane yeah so with oh. all of that craziness that you luckily made it through were you did you feel like your business was able to thrive a lot did you feel like you made a lot of profit during the pandemic or did you feel like it was really hard for you to be able to turn profit during the pandemic because I know a lot of you know restaurants had to close down you know stores yeah. were closing down going bankrupt so do you feel like you were able to um, stay afloat during the pandemic Oh, yes, for sure. Especially in the holiday season. Luckily, when I did close down, I think that really helped. Um, even though it's crazy because I was closed for that amount of time, but I was able to actually catch up on orders. And I just feel like whatever money I made for the, the last quarter four of last year, was I was able to pretty much save because we're just kind of powering through it. We weren't really spending a ton of yeah. money, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, I think it was really beneficial. And luckily, I don't think if that would have happened, I don't know where I would be at even today, just because that helped fund so much stuff that I'm doing this year, you know, kind of trying to branch out to more stores and do more wholesale. Um, I don't think if I had that little cushion from the holiday season all last year, I don't know what I would be able to really do. Um, but, but yeah, it is kind of great. Also, like, I didn't really have wholesale until March of 2020. And stores started ordering even during the pandemic because they were doing a lot of online things. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went from having zero stores at the end of 2020, I had almost 200 stores. Oh, and then wow. Macy's reached out, which I was like, what? <laughs> like, who is this? Nice. And so then Macy's, yeah. So I did a Black History Month thing with them and we're still oh. working together. Um, oh. Not all the stores, because mm-hmm. I was like, we can't do all, but you know, mm-hmm. some of the flagship stores. And then um, now we're in over 500 stores. So it's just kind of crazy how this year has kind of been that transition from mostly just customers to also customers and stores. Mm-hmm. And it's great having those relationships too with all the stores because I know that they had a rough year last year too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of nice to get the communication and kind of see how I can help them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I love. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love that too. That's awesome that you're doing something with partnering with Macy's for uh, Black History Month, for Black History Month, and you're still doing that. Yeah. That's really awesome. And you know, especially during the time with the pandemic, it's like a lot of people were at home, a lot of people had the kids, a lot of people were stressed out, a lot of people were yeah. out of work, didn't know how they were going to make their money. So honestly, a lot of people drank, and I know I drink yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that also your in booze kits are super affordable, um, and they make eight to ten cocktails. I mean, you can't beat that for the price that it is for the in booze kits. Like that's out of this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are like, oh well, I don't know about that because they just think it's just one drink. I'm like, no, once mm-hmm. you don't use that whole mason jar of alcohol. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of drinks. <laughs> please don't drink it straight. You're gonna have yeah. like a like, rough night. <laughs> you know, like mix it drink it sparingly, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the fact is, once it's infused, you also have six months too. So some people are like, "Well, I'm just by myself." But mm-hmm. then I have people that are like, "Oh, well, I love the spicy margarita, but I just want it like once a month." And they apply it because it's it's self stable, mm-hmm. which is nice. Also, yeah. So. so, what were the steps that it took for you to create your in booze cocktails? Um, like from dehydrating or just uh, from cre- deciding yeah. how you were going to create it, getting the name going yeah. for it, the funding for yeah. it, uh, the place in which you were going to start to create it and ship them all out. What was that yeah. process like? Um, so here in Michigan, uh, every state has like a cottage law. And so you can kind of see what the guidelines are. So mm-hmm. for the first year, I was able to make them out of my house. I just mm-hmm. had a, a special label on there which mm-hmm. said, like, this is made in a place that hasn't been infected by the health department or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, But then you can't go into all the stores with that because obviously, like, some stores don't want something that's cottage made. Even though, like, my I had a whole, like, kitchen kind of thing that I built in my basement. Um, or not built, but, you know, like, I had a special area. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I knew from that point that I really needed to find a, a commercial space just for more credibility. Mm-hmm. And so it just started um, backtracking a little bit. So I started... And I started dehydrating everything and I just couldn't think of a name. And I was just like going, it took me like a month. I was going through all these random names I don't remember anymore. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, I'm infusing booze. Why don't we just call it in booze? And I was like, well, that might, that's probably taken. So I looked and it was not taken anywhere. I got the website right away. And I was like, this is just so easy. Kind of explains what it is. It was really simple. And then I had a friend to kind of do a quick little logo for me, which is a little umbrella with a line. And I was like, I love that. It's just so simple. And I love bright colors so I just made sure that everything was like pink and green um and, but then I really wasn't sure how I wanted to uh package it from that point and but I knew that I didn't want to do anything with mason jars or glass or anything I wanted it to be really easy to kind of stand up on a shelf and so then I started playing around with different um little craft bags mm-hmm. and then I don't love like little floaties and stuff. So I thought, well, let's put it in a little pouch. That way that once it's infused, you can just take the pouch out. You don't just strain it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's like an inner pouch too, which is like a larger size tea bag. Yeah. That's, and that's so just really playing around. But that was another thing that was out of effect. So my packaging was out of stock during the pandemic. My inner pouch things, my little baggies were out of stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just one of those things where like, okay, well, we're going to try a new one now or we're going to try mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And even just up until June, I ordered new packaging in January and it was just stuck on a port somewhere, who knows mm-hmm. where. And then it ended up being delivered in June. But we are down to like three bags left. And it was like, we don't know what we're going to do if this doesn't come this week. <laughs> the, train, 
they went from the boat and then something happened to the plane or something oh like that. And the train was derailed. And I was like, oh, oh. my gosh, but one more thing happened with the packaging. Um, but like, yeah, it's still to this day, we're still having issues with that kind of stuff. Um, so once I kind of figured out the pouch and I started just kind of, I had stickers on everything until March of 2020. So I would just sticker like the logo and then I had the name with the sticker and the whole back with the sticker. So mm-hmm. um, that was one of the things I didn't love, but it was just, I, I feel like when you're starting something, you just kind of have to make it work and then you're going to figure out what you like better. And so mm-hmm. instead of just waiting to have it perfect to start, I was like, yeah, these stickers work. They look kind of nice, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it works. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, people didn't mind them, but then once I actually had printed bags, I could see that people were like, oh, this looks, it looks a little bit more legit than just the stickers, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I had barcodes yeah, last fall. That was another thing. So it's just kind of step-by-step kind of what I can afford because um, mm-hmm. I am self, self-funding everything and just mm-hmm. kind of learning who you can trust for information because mm-hmm. um, there's, of course, a lot of experts about everything. And you're like, wait, why am I paying for this mastermind mm-hmm. class? But who are you? You know, right? So you kind of have to know who to trust and definitely kind of where you're going to spend your money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, also the thing is, is when you're a business owner, a lot of people have the perception that you make money right off of the bat, but that's not always the case. You know, yeah, no. a yeah. lot of, yeah, a lot of the times it's you funding, you know, your passion, your dreams. So, and a lot of people sometimes get discouraged by that, but it's continuing yeah. to push forward, even with all of the obstacles. And in your case, there was a big obstacle with the whole pandemic, but the fact that your business has continued to thrive during that just shows how great of a product and a company and a brand it is that you have, you know, and that without even having to do as much marketing and really even spend money on that, like you already know that you are, you Oprah need to call you already. She, she need to hit you. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping this job be like on the big list. We'll see. I think they announce it pretty soon. That'd be crazy. But I'm I'm sure can I handle will. it? Yeah. Hey, she might, oh, yeah. she might, yeah, she might invite you over for you know her her book club and have you do the cocktails oh, for her. I know she likes margarita, so I will be there yeah. just anytime. I don't care what day it is, I will be there for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what are oh, some nice. of the your favorite flavors from your in booze kits that you love? Um, so I love margaritas. So the spicy margarita was my first thing that I was like, okay, I have to get this right because, um, our, our spicy margarita has pineapple and grapefruit, but also jalapeno. So mm-hmm. it has a kick to it, but it has a sweetness to it too. And so mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the pineapple mule. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time of year, the rum punch is a great one. It's the Caribbean rum punch. Ooh. And yeah, it's, it's kind of dangerous because you can't taste it on the all. Um, which is a good thing and a bad thing favorite yeah (laughs) I love yeah (laughs) yeah and then we have some flavors that are just seasonal but a lot of people um it's it's nice like right now some of the fall ones are starting to get we're going to talk about them a little bit more and oh the cranberry sauce coming back so people are excited like Mm -hmm. when you take something away they get excited to have it again so that's really I love that too just seeing people like they remember it and they're like okay I'm gonna like when this comes out I have to tell everybody about it which I, I just love so much but people are actually trust my vision sometimes like because cranberry sauce is kind of a weird flavor to come out with but I was like hey, you know it might be like a said like plasma or something like that and people just really embrace that which I love yeah definitely so what is one of the most fulfilling parts about being a black business owner for you oh my gosh um I do love just kind of 
you know, making my presence you know, known in this in this cocktail world or wherever, what kind of whatever world I'm in. Because I'm kind of in the middle of being food and cocktail and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I just love that people can see like, hey, she's a black-owned business and she's making it work. Um, but also just having my kids see this and creating kind of a legacy for them, I just feel like is another really important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like they, especially I have three girls, so I just I want them to see like. You, can, oh. you know, you might not, not know what's happening mm-hmm. when you're starting a business, but you can make it work if you really work hard. And they see that. And it's just some little comments. They'll leave me little sticky notes. They'll make lunch for me. And they'll say, oh. Mom, you're doing amazing. And just those little things, like they can see it, you know. Oh. It's just, I love it. Yes. Um, and so Keep just doing. kind of showing people that you can just, if you have a vision, just do what you can to make it, you know, work. And sometimes it won't work out, but sometimes you just have to see if it's going to do so. You know, you mm-hmm. never know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And do you feel like it's necessary as a business owner to have a team behind you? Or do you feel uh, like it's something that you should wait on when you're a little bit more established? Uh, it's, yeah, so I don't know. So I was by myself until July of 2020. But mm-hmm. I think I would have probably hired people earlier if I could have because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also very stubborn. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I can do this by myself, whatever. You know, I kept just saying like, okay, I'll make it work. And so I like work all day in the kitchen at the old place that I was at. And then I come home and ship for four hours at night. And I'm like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of started thinking, okay, I do need to see my family sometimes. I do need to have, you know, someone help me. And so that's mm-hmm. why kind of started in July. I had some people starting to help me. And now we're up to, I have seven people on the payroll right now. So, nice. um, and it's just one of those things like right now I can be here chatting and I know they're in the kitchen working. They, they have their list of things to do. Like we, there's, I'm still hands-on with everything, but I, I can also have a little bit more freedom to do shipping or I can be in the kitchen all day and someone else is shipping for me. Kind of, I have people trained to do certain things, um, but just like finding the right fit also is hard too. You know, making sure you can trust somebody and mm-hmm. you, you have to have, I do have a lawyer that kind of looks at those contracts for me. Um, mm-hmm. I almost got into kind of a rough contract last year. I was going to do a collaboration um, from one of the companies that I work with. And my lawyer looked at the contract. She's like, you do not want to sign this. You, it just, there weren't the protections that I needed. And if I didn't have her, I would have been like, oh yeah, this looks great. You know, mm-hmm. so finding her and being able to trust her and having like the non-disclosure agreements with people. Because um, mm-hmm. nobody is doing what I'm doing there's other infusion kits, but nobody's doing a little pouch like I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really kind of protect that a little bit too. And kind of mm-hmm. say, okay, make sure I had a wholesale company that purchased our store that purchased for me and she's taking it out of the pouches and she's going to um, market it as her own. And luckily she, she's dumb enough to tag me on Instagram and something. I'm like, wait, you're taking my product and you're going to sell it as your own. You know, so mm. and jumped on that right away. Yeah, I, just, well, I, thought, I thought if I bought a wholesale, I could do whatever I wanted with it. I'm like, no, 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 you can't <laughs> take my stuff. And then just say, you know, like it was just one of those things that luckily I had a lawyer behind me to tell me exactly what to say, exactly what mm-hmm. I needed to keep track of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that's kind of an investment, but it's she, I mean, it's Tyra, she's it. my lawyer. She's yeah. 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 <laughs> Clever. yeah. So it's one of those things like having certain people hired is really helpful. It's mm-hmm. hard, though, to give away control sometimes, too. 
Yeah, I can imagine. And we've I actually had an episode where I had um, the uh, a trademark attorney and a copyright attorney, Jamie Trittrell, on my show a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about protecting intellectual property and we were talking about other people stealing content and products and stuff like that. And we we're talking about how it happens so much, even on you know social media, how like if you even see a lot of these boutiques, a lot of them steal each other's ideas and dresses and yeah. stuff like that. And they'll take it as their own. And it's just like a whatever thing and it's like yeah. no it's somebody like you said in your case like it, it needed to be cracked down on because you're working so hard to create this brand that you don't want it to yeah. get confused with joe schmo over there you know and yeah thinking that they can yeah, hide the person, off of you yeah the person that stole it she's like well we used to try to dehydrate things but it was just so much work so we just figured we use yours I'm like what? exactly you just said it it's so much work it's not easy we had to find the right dehydrators that'll do things properly and so I'm doing all the hard work and then you're like, put your name on it. I don't think so. You know? Wow. The nerve of her. <laughs> I know. And then she said I was bullying her because I told her to not do that. And I'm like, how am I like, she was insane. There was any things. I'm like, what is my life right now? crazy so in a situation like this and this is what we also talked about too like in the trademark um, episode that I had about cease and desist cease and desist letters I can't even get my words right today (laughs) but is that something something that you had to do with this particular situation um luckily um I just had all the screenshots and everything and I since she purchased it wholesale to a company that I work with Mm -hmm. um, I dealt with everything with her so if it were to go any further, we would have to do something. Mm-hmm. And of course, we still have tabs. She blocked me, of course, but she's not smart enough to block every. You know, anyway, so I can yeah. see what she's doing. I'm keeping tabs still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't had to do that yet. But I'm mm-hmm. kind of, I do really keep the track of all the new infusions that come up. Because now that people can kind of see that they're popular, mm-hmm. um, most people do a lot of mason jars, but a lot of people don't really, there's no... Like you have no idea where they're making it or what's in there. People mm-hmm. don't use the proper labeling. And so I think it's really important to kind of show, like, this is when I do talk with other stores that sell other infusion kits, I say, like, you know, I am very transparent about, we show videos of us working in the kitchen all the time on Instagram. We do, you know, exactly what's in the, all the ingredients and everything. And a lot of people aren't that transparent because um, since it's an infusion, you don't have to put like a nutrition label on there, but people mm-hmm. don't need to put the ingredients on their, their kits, which I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those things that, and I have my name tra- trademarked. We're doing, mm-hmm. I have all the protections that I can get, but I can't mm-hmm. really do like anything as far as like the pouch goes because it's just kind of, it, I haven't made, had the pouch made for me, so I can't patent that. Um, um, there's all these different things. Um, if I had like maybe funding to make my own pouch, I would do that, but it's one of the things like, eh, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But yes. I have all the protections that I at least can afford at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were like I said in the episode where we were talking about trademarking. I mean, that stuff gets really, really pricey. You it know, does. it's expensive, and it's not like you have a fund that you can go to where you know they yeah. can help you with legal fees and stuff like that when it comes to your business, unless you're yeah. trying to get a business loan. And like you said earlier today, that's even hard to get that when you're a person of color. So it really is. Yeah, you're just yeah. out on your own. And you kind of have to figure out when you're getting a trademark, what's worth it? Because there's mm-hmm. so many different categories. I would say, you know, like with Dove Chocolate and Dove Beauty, both are, they have the same name, but they're different categories kind of thing. Mm. So like you have to figure out, I mean, pretty much Imbus will only be in one category, but you never know. Like we also had to do it for cups and like 
cookbooks and stuff, just in case you wanted to do something in the future, you kind of have to think, okay, where am I going with this? And what's important at this time? Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily it's mine is pretty niche down, but some people like they have to get so many different trademarks, which really adds up Mm -hmm. to the category. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So in for, so in Booze One, the 2020 Minority Business Award from Michigan State University Product Center that demo that demos tested excellence, innovation and growth during this challenging year, as they said. And you've been on, like I mentioned earlier, Oprah, you've been featured in BuzzFeed, you've been featured in Women's Health in a few more places. So how do you feel about all the recognition you're getting from your hard work, especially, you know, with the hard work that you had to endure and labor intensiveness of trying to get these uh, cocktail kits shipped out during the pandemic and everything being delayed. So how do you feel about these accomplishments that you've made so far? It's been kind of like one of those things where I, I know it's happening, but I haven't sat down to like let it soak in. Like mm. after the holiday season, um, I did kind of sit down and I'm like, okay, like the Oprah, the Oprah thing was like, okay, I'm going to let that soak in for a lot of, and appreciate it. But it's just one of those things that's like, we were just moving and moving, moving. Mm-hmm. And all these things happen. I'm like, well, how do they find out? It's just kind of surreal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I'm in Aisha Curry's flagship store and oh. I got an email like, oh, she wants, um, and booze. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> like, it's, I'm always like, I always go to LinkedIn to make sure they're legit. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. is this really, do they really work yeah. with Aisha Curry? And it's just crazy. Her story is actually one of the ones that's more popular and it's in Oakland. And just mm. the fact that she like shares my stuff on her Instagram, I'm like, what is this world? You know, like, mm-hmm. and I always kind of go back to like, kind of, so I am mixed and then growing up mixed, I've always kind of been never enough. I'm never white enough. I'm never black enough, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things kind of like getting recognition for like, I am a person of color. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those things that like kind of, I'm kind of getting the support that I kind of, it, it feels really good to actually be enough at once. It's kind of mm-hmm. cheesy to say it that way, but you know, it's just kind of, I love to know that what I'm doing is, I, my hard work is paying off. Yeah. And that is the most fulfilling thing. And the fact that it's thriving and doing well, you know, pat yourself yeah. on the back for that. Yes, you're doing it. I'm going to give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Maybe I do need to get a bottle of yeah. Exactly. We need to pop some champagne for this sweet victory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so what is a yeah. typical day like for you? Um. So usually we have to get... Um, our youngest off to daycare well, since it's summer right now so she goes to daycare just because my husband is working from home full-time mm-hmm. and so then the other three kids can have, they're more self-sufficient because they're 10 and 12 mm-hmm. um, but the, the four-year-old does go to daycare so I get him off to school or daycare or whatever and then I come in and it's pretty much an like an eight fifteen to 6 o'clock day that I'm doing right now mm-hmm. um, actually in my HQ um, of course, when I get home, I still have to catch up on emails and I have to do all that stuff. But when I'm working here, we have, you know, to pick up the orders, we get all the produce that we pick up, we slice it all, we, de- we unload the dehydrator, we reload the dehydrator, then we have to make all the kits. Mm-hmm. And then we're dealing with wholesale orders and regular orders. And just then people, I do have a little storefront, so people do come in and shop a few times a day. So I'm, you know, chatting with them and mm-hmm. just phone calls and interviews. It, it, um, it's not like a boring day. I'm never just like sitting mm-hmm. around, you know, like, well, what should we do now? And um, just depending on the day, there's usually at least two or three other people working, um, which is helpful too. 
And then when I get home, I, I still make dinner pretty much every night. But that's really important for us to like, sit around the table, especially yeah. after the crazy holiday season last year. Yeah. Um, so I try to at least have a meal plan for at least five nights a week where I'm making dinner. And then after that, I try to unplug for a little bit until the mm-hmm. kids go to bed so they don't see me like staring at my computer or phone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, then it's just one last email check. I am really trying to hard, trying hard to like unplug completely at 10 p.m., Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard because I do deal with some people on the West Coast and stuff. Um, but just finding the balance and the boundaries, is, it's hard because there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people like, okay, what can I do now instead of just relaxing? So that's something I'm more self-care, definitely on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, getting there, but I don't know. But yeah, it's a busy day for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what they say, self-care is the best care. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> got to treat yourself. Yeah, well, I want to thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me today and let everybody yes. know where they can connect with you and find your InBoost kits. So it's InBoost.com or you can find it on Etsy also. It's the same thing. And then on InBoost kits is my Instagram. So it's where I share a lot of how-to videos or just like different sales that we're having and all that. So there's a lot of information on there too, which is kind of fun. And I love interacting with everybody on there too. Yes. Well, everybody, you go out and get those delicious kits that she has, honey. They are definitely affordable. They're healthy. They're tasty. I'm about to buy me a couple of them right after we get off this interview for show. So I want to thank you. Absolutely. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And if you'd like to support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.vibeselection.com patreon.com slash vibe selection or if you like to get any vibe selection merchandise you can grab that at www.teespring.com slash vibe selection and follow me on ig at i am kyra mahoney you guys stay safe stay healthy out there i'll see you all next week bye bye Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.